0: So welcome back to another episode of What's Up Welland. We are joining or joining us today, rather, is Marty Meisner of Open Arms Mission to talk about well, a couple things. One of them, Paul, being coldest night of the year, which Team Welland has a team uh, participating in the coldest walk. And I believe you're going to be there. I am going to be there. I've been
1: a part of this event for the last couple years. But this being a return to form in that we can walk together, I'm especially looking forward to. And I knew sitting down with Marty today, we'd be in for a great chat. And we are. Absolutely. So let's get to that right now and hear what Marty has to say about Open Arms Mission and Coldest Night of the Year. Today, we have Marty Meisner, Manager of Fundraising and Partnership Development with the Open Arms Mission, joining us for a What's Up Welland chat. Marty, welcome to the show. We are thrilled that you are here in time to talk about kind of a big event, maybe, in the Open Arms Mission calendar.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually our biggest fundraiser of the year. Uh, coldest night of the year it's a, a national walkathon type of fundraiser uh, that's put on by the Blue Sea Foundation and uh, so organizations across Canada are going to be coming out on February 25th and at four o'clock they will all be uh, walking and doing their their you know tangible thing that's making an impact within their community. Uh, For various charities, some of them are supporting homeless shelters, whereas here uh, in Welland, we're supporting Open Arms Mission, which is a non-profit food bank that uh, gives food to people that need it. So Marty, do you want to talk first about what
1: Open Arms Mission is, just a little bit of a deeper dive into it? Or do you want to talk about coldest night of the year
2: and then come back around to Open Arms? I I think it would probably be best to start with Open Arms Mission, right? So this was a a food bank that actually started in 1989. Uh, It started out of this vision where people saw a need within our community for, for warm meals. And so these four Christian businessmen came together and started making hot meals. The demand was so high that it actually uh, moved into sort of a pantry and then ultimately a food bank. Uh, and then throughout the years, we've had various different projects to help support that food bank. So we've had a thrift store that generated money so that we could continue to give out food. We've done lawn cutting. We've done various different things Uh, all in the name of raising money so that the people in Welland can have the food they need, so that people that are having a hard time putting all the food they need on their table can come to the mission and get some fruits or vegetables or whatever uh, so that their family can have good stuff to eat.
0: So we see it a lot in the newspaper, right, in the headlines. Usage of food banks is going up by X percentage and the need is growing and growing. We see that in the paper, but you see it as it's happening as part of Open Arms Mission. Tell us a little bit about kind of what you've been seeing as of, well, maybe even since the start of the pandemic, but certainly as that need has grown.
2: Yeah. So I I started with the food bank. I started with Open Arms Mission about four years ago. And I remember when we started, a busy day was 30 people. Uh, You know, my food manager would come up and wipe the sweat off of his brow and be like, oh, I'm just so, so tired. Uh, now we're seeing, like last week, uh, my communication guy put up something where we served over 60 families in one day. And
1: that's families, not people.
2: Uh, people. People. Okay. You're right. People. So 60 people were served over this time. Right? Where That's that's huge. That's a 100% uh, increase. Uh, the, the thing that we're seeing uh, more and more is larger families coming. So... Uh, traditionally, the largest segment that we support are single people. But now more and more of the demographic that's growing are, are families with multiple children. Uh, and when they come, it's usually the same story. We we have enough money to be able to provide uh, the main part of the meal. But it's the extras like the, the fruits or the vegetables that help to sort of supplement and make a whole meal that we just can't afford. Uh, I can give my child a sandwich and a juice box. But getting that granola bar or the fruit snacks, that's something that just pushes me beyond uh, what I'm able to do. Uh, even more, it's not just, well, it's, it's, it's also uh, working people, right? So it's, it's, hey, I've got a job, but uh, my rent has went up, the cost of groceries have gone up. And now I need just a bit of, bit of help with that, which, which was four years ago, we weren't seeing this.
1: So, Marty, you said that before we started recording, you've been with Open Arms Mission for four years. Yes. And with um, with seeing people, with not being able to provide those extras, has that been since four years ago, or that's been a problem as of now, that you can provide a meal, but you can't go into those extra spaces to get the snacks, to get the, has that been recent because of the pandemic, because
2: of inflation, because of just the times we're in now? It's just been growing. So, say for instance, uh, back in in two thousand nineteen, we would hear someone that would say, "You know, I need uh, more fruit snacks or more fruit." Now, instead of one person saying that, now it's ten people saying it. Uh, it's it's grown substantially, uh, and and that's that's become the issue, right? It's it's the need has grown substantially.
0: So, with the growth of that need, how are you meeting that challenge, right? Because it's presenting itself, like you said in a 100% increase in the people that you're serving. How are you meeting that challenge?
2: Well, the key way that we're trying to do that, and it's always like chasing after the wind, is finding new partners that want to partner with us, businesses uh, that that can give us uh, resources financially, or even, you know, like local farmers that will give us food. Uh, But it's also pushing harder for events like Coldest Night of the Year, uh, to To increase the amount of money that we can generate from this helps us not only to keep our lights on, but foods on the table. Uh, and then also seeking other types of grants or initiatives that are going to be able to support that. Uh, United Way gave us a, a, an emergency food grant uh, recently, and, and that's been helping to uh, to make sure that we can put food on our table. So, coldest night of the year. I know it's coming up on February 25th
1: there are things i know about the event but let's let's assume i don't know anything and let's assume everybody listening doesn't know anything about coldest night of the year you touched on it before but let's get into details the when the where what you hope 2023 does what you the objectives this year go
2: so coldest night of the year is is really a fun event it takes place uh, as you said paul uh february 25th Registration uh, begins. So basically it's a walkathon. You uh, just like the Terry Fox run, just like the Rankin run, whatever it is, you are going out and soliciting people to get sponsors for you to walk either two and a half kilometers or five kilometers. Then the day of the event. Uh, you would come, uh, you register if you have any money uh, that you need to give us or checks. Uh, but most people have donated it all online. So uh, then you would register at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock, uh, we will have some dignitary speak and the walk begins. And we will be walking at Niagara College Welland Campus. Uh, we will start at the Athletic Centre, work our way down First Avenue, then west on Woodlawn, then north on Rice and then back in through Talbot uh, Lane into the campus uh, and walk that loop once if you're up for two and a half kilometers, twice if you're up for five. Uh, Midway through, Niagara College has graciously given us a poutine bar. So anyone that comes out can have uh, poutine, probably a cup of coffee, hot chocolate as a way to sort of Recharge. I don't know. I think that that would actually make me more time (laughs) to be settled. Uh, But halfway through, there's a rest stop. Uh, And then once the walk is done, Niagara College has actually opened up their uh, sort of uh, fellowship area or pub area, whatever it's called, for us to come back and and celebrate. We're going to give out some prizes for the largest team, the person that raised the largest amount of money. And, of course, right, just talk about the event and, and celebrate the goodness that has happened there. So, yeah.
0: Is there a goal in terms of participation or even funds raised for this year's events that you have?
2: Yeah, $100,000 is what we're shooting for. Uh, last time I checked, we were, I think, 54% of the way to our goal. Uh, usually, most of the giving happens within the last two weeks, sort of crunch time. Uh, the the goals that we've had for, uh, for teams, uh, last year we had 140 teams. My goal this year is to have 170 uh, people walk, actually. 140 last year. I want to have 170 uh, this year. More walkers you get, the more funds you raise, right? Uh, it's a family-friend uh, friendly event. You can bring out your kids. It's actually not going to be the coldest night of the <laughs> year. I guarantee you not this it year. is not going to be the coldest night of the year, but it will be a really fun fun night.
1: Um Marty, with um with Coldest Night, what what does 2023 look like versus past years are you anticipating i know you said 170 are you anticipating more people to turn out or are people just under strain that this is something you are hopeful for but it it may not hit 170
2: yeah i have i have no uh worries about hitting 170 good i have no worries about hitting 100 grand uh i believe that uh, this is a great can't miss type of event and I know that there are people out there that are going to give. Some people do get a little stressed. They say, oh, we've only raised 54% of the uh, uh, the fund so far. But the great thing is Blue Sea gives you this uh, database that shows you your trajectories from each year. And Within the last two weeks is usually when 50% of everything comes in. And then you have a an afterburn afterwards, right? So uh, you're able to say, hey, I've walked. And then your friends actually do pay up what they challenged you to do. Um, but I, I think that I'm so optimistic because I know that the need is there. I know that we all know someone that's having a hard time making ends meet. And because of that, it becomes personal, right? Uh, I walked uh, on Friday. I walked from... Uh, uh, Rice Road and Forall down to the mission. And as I walked, I was encountering people even at Fitch Street School that you know that there's the need. So I know there's the need. I know that Welland is the type of place that always steps up. I've seen it time and time again. So we're going to hit our goal. I love that despite maybe some trying times we're in that you
1: are optimistic and positive about hitting your goals and that you feel good about 2023. I
2: love hearing that. I, I came to a bit of a revelation uh, over the last, what, over Christmas holidays. I felt like so often as a food bank, we talk about all the dire need, right? We talk about uh, how the need is growing. And yes, it is. But I feel more and more people are going to be uh, more open to hearing what you're saying when you're speaking from a positive lens. Here's the things that we're already doing. You know, we we have seen a huge increase and the amount of people coming. And yet, guess what? We've always given these people food. We've always given them something that is nutritious that I would eat at my own house. So let's, let's focus on the positive and how we can continue that positive rather than saying, oh, it's all doom and gloom. I don't know. And maybe it's just I'm a positive person. So.
0: Well, that's, I think, probably exactly the kind of person you would need in your role, right? Yeah. To to advance the programs and initiatives that, that you do and get people excited and energized about something like participation in coldest night of the year. So I agree with Paul. It's, uh, it's great to hear that optimism. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's appreciated by probably everybody who, who encounters it. Um, so you mentioned, you know, again, from that lens of, let's talk about the things we do. Let's talk about the things we offer as opposed to the doom and gloom. Outside of the food bank, what else does Open Arms Mission provide for the community?
2: Oh, we we have streamlined our services down to to mainly giving out food. But beyond that, uh, it's a place of connection. Uh, There are people that come back every month and we're able to connect and point them in the direction that they need. Uh, We've had uh, there's one lady, uh, I'll call her Veronica, that comes in every month and she has mental health and she always wants to speak to me. And right now she's going through a housing problem, right? And of course, she's coming to the mission so that the mission can help provide her financial support or legal support. But as a friend and as someone that's built up a relationship with her, I can say, you know what, Uh, you know, Susie, you need to actually go and speak with the Hope Center or, you know, here would be a lawyer that can help you in these uh, points. So we become almost a connection point for people to gain access to other things beyond food. Uh, and just even that relational level that we provide to our friends, uh, I believe that we provide them with dignity and self-worth. And, uh, you know, these are the types of things that are the intangibles. We give them food and they leave blessed with other things.
1: So if that's how you are interacting with your clients or the people who are accessing your services, and Open Arms is a food bank among other food banks in Welland, how do you interact with the other food banks, so the Hope Center and Salvation Army, you're all addressing a similar need. How do your services overlap? And then how do your services differentiate in that you know you are all in the same quest to address homelessness in Welland, hunger in Welland?
2: And, and we are all in uh, the same field. And for me, I approach it from a very unique perspective uh, where I want to share what we have in the sense that when a farmer gives us 3,000 pounds of corn, uh, I know that through my channels, I cannot get rid of this before it starts to go. So we help the people in Welland. But then we also spread that all across the Niagara region. So we're giving it to places in Niagara Falls or in St. Catharines. We have these partnerships. Um, I believe in working together. We'll achieve far more uh, and, and being protectionistic and guarding our resources and keeping it for us is only going to do a disservice to the people that we're serving. Uh, so I, I often go across the table and talk with John at the Hope Centre uh, or uh, our friends up at the Salvation Army. Uh, we allow them to use our facilities. So with the welland Food Drive, someone like the Salvation Army did not have enough room to store all of their stuff because they're at the mall. Well, we have a 12,000 square foot warehouse. And they were able to store their foods here. So, you know, this type of partnership is being able to help everyone in the race. Uh, What sets us apart? Uh, I believe that that God has given us this food to distribute. And if people are in need of food, they can always come to Open Arms Mission and get the food. Uh, We do not have a calendar policy. Uh, So most food banks would say you can only come once a month or every 30 days. Uh, If you need food, you can still come to Open Arms Mission and get what's called an emergency pack. Uh, And this will not be the full load that you would get for your family, but it's something to bring home and put on your table. This has two benefits. One is for the customer. They get their food. But also from our food bank perspective, there are times where we get donations that are perishable. Right, And my clock is ticking to get that out the door. And by, by allowing people to come and get emergency food packs, they're getting the corn or they're getting the blueberries that are literally going to expire in two or three days and getting it onto their table. Whereas if they would have had to wait 30 days, I'm sorry, Mr. Blueberry, Mr. Strawberry, whatever, is going to actually expire and thus waste that donation. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, the other piece is, uh, as some of you may know, we are actually going to be start building a, a grocery store that will look exactly like Poopo's, that will look sort of like Sobe's, uh, to really uh, to be different, to allow people to choose the food that they want rather than having it chosen for them. And to have that experience that as you bring your kids in, you don't feel like you're going to someplace that's institutional. You don't feel less than helping to remove some of those barriers that are preventing people from getting the food they need is one of my biggest desires. It's, it's one of those things that uh, actually inspires me to continue to do stuff in, in light of so many depressing statistics.
0: I love that idea. And I see Paul's face, he does too. Um, and, and it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination as to why that's such an awesome idea. And you touched on those points. When do you hope to have that operational?
1: And where is it going to be? <laughs>
2: So I can answer Paul's <laughs> question first. Okay, uh, it will actually deal. be on the site. Like our 5th Street site will be the place where we're building it. So last year we demolished our uh our apartment buildings beside uh, the food bank uh to open up more space and this year uh the people on the board say we're doing preliminary investigations. We already have the drawing set. The drawings are going to be going back for revisions. So my hope my hope is that later this year uh, we'll be moving towards some tangible stuff. Wow. Uh, for me, you know, we will see. God knows. I've been working on this for at least a year now. And I now have drawings. I now have things moving ahead. So I have to hold on to the good. <laughs> rather than.
1: <laughs> so Marty, if you can't commit to a when right now, how about we commit to whenever that happens. We'll have you back on the show and you can talk nothing but open arms grocery store and just what that's going to do for the community going
2: forward. Sounds amazing.
1: Um, how do people access you? Where do people access you? You spoke about fifth street. I know that you happen to be out on Forks road. Can you just talk to people
2: about where they can find open arms mission in Welland easy. So if you are looking to get food, you can come to 22 fifth street in Welland. It's right by the Welland hospital just off of King street. Uh, and you can come there, uh, Tuesday through Thursday from 9 till uh, 4. And then uh, Friday, we are open 9 till noon uh, to get food. If you're wanting to donate food, you can either donate food to 225th Street. Or if it's a larger donation, you can bring it out to our farm, which is where we actually hold all of our food. Uh, and that's at 933 Forks Road. So 933 Forks Road. It's the old Claire's Delivery Building. And, yeah, you can drop off your skid of, uh, you know, high end granola bars to our warehouse anytime you want.
0: Is there anything in particular that uh, if people are looking to make a donation, whether it's monetary or food itself, is there anything in specific uh, that is kind of flying off the shelves that is in high demand right now? I know that's probably the usual question.
2: Financially, you can give us any money. Any money will make an impact. Uh, Food, I would say it's anything. Anything that you can give will be accepted. The things that are real priority are canned fruit, canned meat, and kids' snacks those are the sort of gold of the food bank because those things are have a high nutritional value uh, for the fruit and for the meat. Uh, and also the, the kid snack are the things that the parents really need to sort of backfill their, their kids' lunches. And that's year round. Those are typically the, the
1: essential needs. Year round. So Marty, is there anything we have not touched? We've covered a lot of ground. Is there any ground we have not covered that you would like to, as we wrap up, just let people know about?
2: Oh, well, I would I would just challenge everyone, even challenge the the city of volunteer. I know that you guys have a team, you know, continue to raise money. Uh if you're not on a team, sign up for a team. If you can't come out to be part of the walk, find a friend or find some random person on our site and donate money because when you donate that money, you're actually helping the people in our community get the food that they need.
1: Well, Marty, thank you very much for having this conversation with us and letting us letting the community know about both open arms mission and coldest night of the year yeah
2: thank you so much everyone
1: there has to be another big thank you to marty meisner for joining us today to talk about open arms mission and the upcoming coldest night of the year event um there was so much that marty shared I don't really have anything to bridge because his conversation spanned everything I could have hoped to learn. I could have hoped he would share with our community about the mission and the event. Was there anything that you found especially um, interesting or something to get hopeful about, Mark?
0: Yeah, I mean, all the work that Open Arms Mission is doing in the community is phenomenal in and of itself, um, which doesn't necessarily need to be stated, but of course, it doesn't need to be stated. Um, but I think just, you know, his mention of the idea of the grocery store uh, that is kind of percolating right now. Um, I can't wait to see that come to fruition. I know, you know, when, when we were talking about it, Paul, like it was almost one of those, like, who's going to jump first at this? And I beat you to it because, you know, quicks to the draw. So I don't
1: know how I didn't knock the microphone down and <laughs> try to get the question out.
0: But, uh, no, I mean, I, there's, there, there's so much great... Community um, engagement and organizations and open arms mission is just another one in the long list of great community organizations that we have here in Welland that is providing an essential service to members of our community.
1: And it joins that list of organizations that would not exist, that could not do what they do without volunteers, without people in the community, A, benefiting from the work they do, but B, showing up to support the work they do because they just have that passion to give back to the community that they live in it just marty's hopeful with where with the direction the open arms mission is going in and how is that that hopefulness is contagious how do you not get excited about everything they're doing the grocery store the walk the all of it so marty thank you very much mark if you want to
0: Sign us out. Sure, why not? So to everybody who is participating in the coldest night of the year walk, uh dress warm, even though it may not, in fact, be the coldest night of the year. Uh, the temperature outside really makes no difference in the overall scheme of things for this particular event. Um, as always, you can catch past episodes of what's up welland at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. And we will make sure to drop some more information about open arms mission in the episode notes. So give us a, a follow. Give us a download, all those fun, good things, and we'll catch you next time.